playing online and on smart devices. Now on London Scotty Radio, it's podcast time. I'm George Matlock. Welcome, welcome to Scotty MOT, the health and well-being show from London Scotty Club. I'm George Matlock and welcoming also to the back to the show, Kath Marchbank, who's the welfare officer for uh, Scotty rescue charity, Stex. Okay, it's great to have you back. So, Kath, how are you doing? Very well, thanks, George. Right, it's a delight to have you here and uh, let's crack on with the show. We've got quite a bit to get through actually today, I have to tell you. Uh, we'll shortly be uh, answering a question that we received from a London Scotty Club member. More about that later. And also just to remind everyone right at the top there that if you have a question about the health of your Scotty, please visit scotty.scot. That's Scotty spelt with an I-E. Scotty.scot has a radio question form. So just fill that out, attach photos or a short video if you think that might help us to uh, answer your question, and we will endeavour to do so in a subsequent edition of Scotty MOT. So uh, today um, we're going to be talking about this. Okay, well that might sound familiar to most of you. Um, That is in fact um, a Scottish terrier, and this one in in fact my own uh, Wheaton uh, Scotty Pudding. Um, He was barking this week at a dog on the other side of the road. Now, what's my Scotty telling me? Well, we decided to put this question to the test and asked members of the London Scotty Club to tell us what they thought that their Scotty barking actually means. We reveal the results of our online poll in just a moment. This is Jenny. I listen to London Scotty Radio podcasts when walking my lovely Scotty, Logan. It's the perfect accompaniment to a leisurely dog walk. I'm Eileen. I like to listen to London Scotty podcast while chilling with a glass of wine and preparing dinner. It's Max here. I listen to the podcasts and the bubble bath for fab tips. This is Zelda. I like to do lino cuts of Scotties. That's what I do when I'm listening to the podcast. I listen to them for inspiration. This is Fraser, the London Scotty Club podcast. It's a great way to end the day. Okay, well, thank you, uh, the the members there again for their endorsement of the Scotty MOT podcast. And if you're not signed up yet, we strongly recommend that you go to your favourite podcast player app and sign up, subscribe, and then you'll never miss an episode. As soon as it's out there, you'll know about it. So, Kath, uh, let's turn then to the results of this survey that we conducted last week. It was a, a snap poll. Um, and what the question we posed was, you walk your Scotty on a lead. And it begins to growl and bark, pulling at your lead, directed towards another dog on the other side of the street. Why do you think this happens? Now, the responses are quite interesting here. First of all, nobody said playfulness, which I was a bit surprised by. Uh, 13% reckon it was nerves, nervous dog. Uh, Scotty is nervous. The same number say they really don't know. They don't know what's caused their dog to do this. Um, aggression was cited by 20% and the hands-down winner was a mixture. 53% of those polled said that they believed that their Scotty uh, was reacting for a number of different reasons. 
So, um, I suppose the t- sort of two takeaways, Kath, are first of all that there are lots of different opinions about what's causing this, and secondly, a, a large and savvy group decided to go for the word mixture just because I suppose they really don't know either. So, what what do you think? I mean, uh, what's what's it? What's the the dog really telling us when they're barking? More, more often than not, it is. The dog is trying to guard us. We're older, the dog on the end of the lead, and mm. the dog's guarding us, and it's afraid. People think, oh, it's been rather boisterous, but deep down the dog is afraid of the dog that's passing. And Scotties have learned, if I get that first barking, the other dog's going to be taken away from me, or it's going to be moved away, or it's yeah. going to run away. So, you know, the, the Scotty's getting a little bit more braver, and it's like, I've won that competition, The dog's the dog's gone. So it's a get you know it is a mixture of um, nervous uh, you know we call it nervous lead aggression, right? So it is aggression. So what you're saying is yeah. the right answer is actually the twenty percent of the members actually got it right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, now you know that's it. That's the end of the show. No, I'm joking. We still got stuff to get on with. <laughs> so, um, so when when we have that sort of aggression uh, in, from our dogs, what's the best thing do you think that we can do to pacify them, or, or should we pacify, them? or should we just let them rip? Oh no, we we don't want that behaviour because you know people think, gosh, that dog is aggressive. I'm going to give it a wide berth. I'm going to mm. walk in a different area, and so your dog then doesn't get socialised properly with other dogs. Generally, you find Scotties and you know other Scotties get on very well together, and it's when they see another dog, and it's generally when they're bigger than themselves. So I always use that uh, the term, you know, the Rottweiler coming towards them, and that really makes the dog kick off. So it's, again, looking at how you're holding the lead. A lot of the times, you know, the dog's taking you off guard, you're strolling along, you might be on your phone, chatting away to somebody, looking in the opposite direction, and your Scotty clocks that dog coming towards it, and straight away that lead's tight, and it's giving it what for, you know, full full barks, rah, 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 and it's uh, kicking off at the other dog. So sometimes that red mist is is, is down then, you know, you, <laughs> you've you then got to alleviate the situation. Yeah. And I find, you know, tug on the lead. Sometimes if you're very in close proximity to the dog, move your arm around so it's keeping the lead slack. Because the worst thing is if there's tension on the lead, you know, you can't um, pull the dog away or by pulling the dog away, you're making the lead even more tense. So sometimes you have to dive around with your arm just to try and give the lead some slack. But, you know, come on this way, good boy. And, you know, jab the lead and turn him in the opposite direction, which we spoke about before in the past. Turn him in the opposite direction. Mm. And that should be enough to say, okay, my dad's in charge. He's looking after me and I'm, I'm moving away from the issue. So at this point, remember that the dog, as, as happened in my case, uh, was very much and uh, pulling the the lead. So the the lead was at full, at full uh, you know length. Uh, it was tight, and my dog was quite happy to to start climbing the wall, so to speak, uh, in order to to get closer to the dog on the other side of the street. Um, so how with it with the the lead already that tight? Um, should I should I be tugging, or or is, am I more likely to cause injury to the dog? Well, or, or no, do if. You know, you've got to take the dog away and get its attention. So sometimes, mm. you know, with, with my dogs, it's a, ah, ah, come here, you know, and yeah. get their attention. And then it's, okay, mum's back in charge. But I'm lucky uh, that I've spent a lot of time training with them. Um, you know, one of my old girls, if she's not been out on the lead in a public place for some time, um, you know, because it's 
mainly when we go away on holiday to a strange place first couple of days of the holiday as soon as she clocks a dog I'm I'm going to kick off and it's because I'm frightened I'm in a new area so generally by you know second day third day of the holiday she's calmed down she's oh I'm happy you know everything's fine I'm back on my holidays but it's just that initial day you know she can be very barkier towards the other dogs so you know to alleviate that situation I use a normal standard lead. I don't like the extending type, you know, leads yeah, yeah. where the dogs can run out and before you know it, they're three or four metres away from you. Mm. So to use a normal lead and to try and walk the dog um, with my hand partway down the lead, just putting a little grip on it just to say to the dog, you're still there, you're in charge, you're leading her along. And then if she starts or he starts to bark at the other dog, it's a tug of the lead and say, come on this way and turn him in the opposite direction. Right. And that generally, you know, that generally works. Yep. But you've got to be careful of, sometimes people will treat the dog, give them food while the other dog's passing. Mm. What you've got to be careful of with terriers, it's, I'm going to bark because I'm going to get a treat. So it's just rewarding, <laughs> you know, taking the mind off at the right time. Absolutely. Okay, just reminding everyone that you're listening to a Scotty MOT, or if you prefer, there you go. Right, just reminding everyone, we haven't had those sounds for a while, um, but this is the the very same, the True McCoy, the bona fide edition of Scotty MOT. You're listening to uh, to uh, Kath Marshbank here from Stex, uh, who's our guest on the show. Um, I think we'll uh, now uh, probably go on to the next topic of the show. And I believe we have out of the mailbag a question, do we not? We do, yes. Um, the question came in via WhatsApp from uh, Amanda, one of the members of London Scotty Club. Um, yeah, and she says, we have lots of foxes uh, visiting our garden and running down the road every night. And it mm. makes her dog, Nessie, very anxious and not able to sleep. So she's asking to go out in the middle of the night. Um, so poor Amanda's getting a restless night. You know, she's having mm. to get up to let the dog out. Um, you know, she said the dog is so anxious and she's asking for tips of what, what she can do. Now, it's funny when the dog is away at a parent's house um, or at a friend's house that she sleeps through she's only a young dog and she actually sleeps through the night so this problem is only occurring um, at Amanda's own house and it is those foxes which are coming into the garden which is causing the issue right right so my advice um is to try to stop the foxes coming in the garden. You actually have more foxes down in London than I have up here in the countryside, uh, believe it or not. The urban foxes cause real real issues. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, suggestions to stop the foxes coming in the garden, believe it or not... Um, it's not a rifle, is it? I hope it's not. Anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that would definitely see it off. But, you know, <laughs> we do we do like the foxes. You know, Absolutely. They, they, they do look cute and they things, do. but they, do. they can be... There can be issues, but one of the uh, I've found up here in the countryside um, is actually, it sounds horrible, a bit, little bit crude, but to, for I get my husband to actually urinate around the perimeter of, uh, of the land. And then get arrested by the police. Oh, this sounds like it's really going places. <laughs> That's okay. it. I'm, I'm lucky that we're, you know, we're out in the sticks. Nobody mm. can see him doing that. If that's an issue and, you know, you're going to get done for a public order. Um, <laughs> we've got lots of cameras. Kit. You know, we've got loads of cameras on streets around here. So, L- yeah. London ain't what it used to be. That's it. So I think what you'll need to do is actually collect the urine and 
put it in a bottle and go squirt it around the garden. Yeah, that might be a better idea. Yeah, that's it. And it'll actually, it does work. It does stop the foxes coming in. Um, again, if you don't want, um, you know, by your front door, if they're coming into your front garden, you don't want it smelling of wee. Um, so Jay's fluid is another deterrent and that can work as well. It's very strong scented, you know, mix it down, dilute it down. Um, but have it so it's very strong yeah. and you know spray that onto the path and around the edges of the perimeter of the fence where the, the foxes are coming in you've got to be careful if you've mixed it very strongly it can affect your plants it can oh. kill your kill your plants so be careful really dilute but, it mm. yeah but again if you dilute it too much it's just getting the happy medium you, you need that strong smell to come through to deter the foxes coming in I've seen the. St- I've never bought it, but I have seen it in the shops. I think it's the one that's spelled J E Y E S. Is that that's right? The one. Yeah. yeah. What What exactly is it? What's it? What is its purpose? I mean, it, what- it is a disinfectant. It is it's disinfectant. Uh, yeah. It's a very very strong disinfectant. But generally, that smell, you know, does keep the keep the animals away, keep the foxes and cats away out of the gardens. Does it come in just one fragrance or, uh, you know? Yeah. It does. Okay. <laughs> and, but, and once you've smelt it, there's no other smell like it. Right, OK. You, you definitely know that's the Jay's fluid. So that's the one to go for. So you wouldn't recommend, you know, a, a, a nicely scented Dettol or a um, or, or a Zoflora I, or one of those other products? I don't think it's going to be strong enough to take away that, you know, to, to mm. stop the foxes wanting to enter, to be honest. So this is what it's all about. It's basically you build a fortress through strong smell. That's what you're yeah. basically saying, isn't it? Yeah, and right. you're stopping, you know, if you can stop the fox coming into the garden, then mm. the dog's not going to be bothered, you know, she's not going to get anxious. But sometimes it is an impossibility. There are so many foxes, they're going to sleep, you know, the dog's still going to be rah, rah, the back door, let me out, I want to go and chase the fox. Yeah, yeah. Now, you know, generally, um, if the foxes know the dogs are going to go out there and chase them, you know, they are going to stop coming through the, the garden. But again... You know, two, three o'clock in the morning, do you want the whole neighbourhood with the dog running outside and barking? It's not always, you know, it's not a Well, good it's antisocial. Thing. It is antisocial. It is, yeah. 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 And, you know, you can be getting a noise and nuisance order slapped on you from the from the local council. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's going back to the leadership skills in the house. You know, give the dog a nice den to sleep in, um, you know, a crate with a blanket over. And if you take the dog out for a, a wee last thing at night, so you know that you know they don't need to go to the loo again, keep your feed times regular. So again, you know most dogs, if you feed at certain times, you know that the the toilet habits, you know, of different dogs, um, you know, different times going to the loo, but generally you know the times they want to go. So they've been to the loo, so there's no real issue with them. What you know should be asking, I want to go outside in the garden. Mm. Um, so generally ignore the dog when when they wake up um you know if it's yep yep but let me out let me out you know a, a quick firm quiet should suffice and and you mm. know and don't give in to the dog's wishes because our scotties are so good you know the mama stand by the door oh mm. do you want to go out darling we yeah. open the door we let the dog out don't we so they do wrap us around the you know oh totally I mean, my two are really manipulative and they like to go out all the time, particularly my my older one, Pikush. He is constantly, he's an outdoors dog. The other one is less, more of a sofa dog. And, you know, it's so true. You know, he, he will bark, um, quite gets quite stroppy if I don't open the door to let him yeah. out into the garden. It's like, what, what do you mean you're not letting me out? Do you know my rights? Because I do, you know. Yeah, that's, that's, oh, that's it. Yeah. So this is, so, this is and then, of course, um, if it's late at night, 
the both of them usually get really excited and they start jumping at the door leading into the garden and of course what that leads to is that as soon as you open that door they're rushing out like Captain Caveman shouting at the top of their voice and that goes on for a good 10 seconds but that's way enough to wake up the neighbourhood. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's not a good thing. So no. what you need to be doing in that instance, George, is you're not going out until you're quiet. Yep. So yep. and if if need be, pop them on the lead. Make sure you mm-hmm. step outside first. Yep. You know you're going through the threshold first, and you know it could be one of those nights. It's chucking it down. It's like I don't really want to be out here. <laughs> but you've got to go back to basics with them and mm. just nip it in the bud and not allow them to go out there barking the heads off. Yeah, yeah. And you know other other owners do the same. I, I always at midnight I hear a couple of dogs let out in somebody's garden. I don't know which one it is, but uh, but you know they're all the, all the gardens are adjacent, and um, yeah, we we hear that, and it goes on for I would say again five or six seconds, and then they. They, they've, they've done their, their, their noise and then, then they just sniff around and run around and do their business. But I know that in many cases it's the fox that's what's driving this. That's the yes. reason why they are so keen to go out there and, and to bark. Yeah, and if they bark, you know, the foxes are generally, whoop, you know, there's a dog coming, I'm out of here. Yeah. You know, you, you're the sound recording of uh, of pudding. You know, <laughs> he sounded like a hound, didn't he? On he the really scent. did. He really yeah. did. Yeah, um, and he's the one who's got the thinner voice. Believe it or not, the other one actually does sound very deep when he, when yeah. he barks. And um, in fact, I remember once a builder coming and saying to me, because he didn't know what the dog was in the other room, and he said, is that a, is that a bloodhound? Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. A bloodhound. <laughs> oh, that's it. You know, I, I've had it where the postman's come and the dogs have been barking and it's like, oh, what what big dog have you got? And I pull a scot and they go, it can't be that, it can't be that little dog making that noise. It, <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Well, anyway, it turns out that that particular builder or plumber or whatever it was, he was uh, he's a cat lover anyway, so he wouldn't know a, a dog from a bull's foot, I suspect. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so on that note, um, I think we've covered it, right? Or is there anything else you wanted to let Amanda know about um No, I, th- about I think this topic? It's, it's just being leader of the pack, you know, remembering that you've got to be leader of the pack and not allow your dogs to do these things. So it's just to, to reaffirm and, you know, go back to basics, putting the dog into a crate, um, you know, try to put her in the middle of the house where she's away from the from the front or back door, you know, whichever door she's being let out of. And uh, and that should help things. Right. Well, thank you very much, uh, Kath Marchbank, for joining us on the show. And here's to the next Scotty MOT, which will be taking place in a month's time. So we very much uh, look forward to your company for that as well. Thank you, George. Thanks for listening to London Scotty Radio. This and all our podcasts are available online at londonscotty.club. If you liked it, be sure to subscribe to us from your favourite podcast player app. Also visit us on YouTube for fun videos. And if you have a Scottish Terrier in London or nearby, be sure to join us.